Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope today you will pre-order my new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Today, we examine more sloppy and false media reporting. It seems to have reached epidemic levels. I shared this story and it almost crashed the Scoremaster website. The average person has 97 points. That's right, 97 points. They can quickly add to their credit score, but they have no idea how to get there. Scoremaster, credit scientists, discovered an algorithm that super boosts credit scores. Not a few points, but 97 points fast. Imagine 97 points on top of your current credit score. If you're refinancing your home, buying a car, or applying for credit. So you have okay credit and you're buying a car. If you do, go to Scoremaster first and boost your score. The average 61 points in 20 days or less. You could save nine grand on your car loan. And if you raise your credit just the average number before applying for a home loan, you could save almost 100 grand over the life of your loan. Now that's a real savings. Scoremaster puts you in in control of your finances. So enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score at scoremaster.com slash just news at scoremaster.com slash just news. Go there now. This is a great deal. In a moment, I will continue with my analysis of media mistakes in the era of Trump. In my previous podcasts, both the Cheryl Axon podcast, which you're listening to now, and Full Measure After Hours, I've analyzed number one through 35 on my list of media mistakes. You can look for those two podcasts if you miss them. And in the title, you'll find the ones that address these media mistakes by number. And I will continue with future podcasts outlining all the numbers all the way through more than 100. But before we get to that, there's been a major burst of misreporting this past week after President Trump announced an executive order to temporarily delay people having to pay payroll taxes from their paychecks. Now, a little background. The idea of a so-called holiday from paying payroll taxes is that working Americans will be able to hang on to more of their income right now during the coronavirus crisis, although they and their employers will still owe their share of these taxes at the end of the tax year unless some other action is taken. Numerous times in the past, there have been payroll tax cuts or holidays. Now, these tax funds include uh, funds that pay for Social Security and Medicare. It's worth noting that Social Security has long been going bankrupt. You probably know this. It's underfunded. Congress has, quote, robbed the trust fund for Social Security to pay for many other things. So it's long been in trouble. Anyway, here's where the misreporting comes in. President Trump's executive order temporarily cuts payroll taxes for those making about $104,000 a year or less, meaning, again, they don't have to pay right now, neither do their employers. The income detail that this applies to those making $104,000 or less is in black and white in the executive order. You can go to whitehouse.gov and read it for yourself. And Trump said in his announcement that if he's reelected, he wants to make this holiday, as they call it, permanent, meaning People wouldn't have to pay back these taxes at the end of the tax year. He was not 100% clear in his announcement and how he conveyed this, but amid any confusion, a lot of reporters, politicians, analysts, and advocacy groups, either through sloppiness 
or ill intent did not get the facts straight and in fact took the president's announcement way beyond what he said. For example, Bernie Sanders, the Democrat slash socialist senator, and others claimed that President Trump announced he planned to permanently defund Social Security if he's reelected. Of course, that's nonsense. Nothing like that was said. Yet this claim circulated the world without correction. And the way things work, I'm quite sure some people, especially elderly people who are scared about this, will never learn or be told the actual facts. It's inexcusable for reporters not to read the executive order so that they can accurately report on this topic, but that's just what happened in many cases. Which brings me to the ongoing list of media mistakes in the era of Trump that I've been keeping track of. As I've said before, there are countless lists enumerating Trump's supposed misstatements and lies, and I link to some of those on my website, CherylAckison.com, where you can find my full list of media mistakes in the era of Trump. I'm counting major media mistakes because nobody else was doing it in a comprehensive way. And as a member of the media and someone who reports on media behavior and ethics, this seemed important because it helps document a sea change in how the media and the rest of the news covers events and personalities and politicians. You can see a distinct pattern when you see all of these media mistakes put together in one list. Let's start with number 36. On December 8, 2017, CNN's Manu Raju and Jeremy Herb reported that Donald Trump Jr. conspired with WikiLeaks in advance of the publication of damaging Democrat Party and Clinton campaign emails. In other words, the idea was that Donald Trump Jr. was somehow involved with WikiLeaks obtaining perhaps illegally these emails. And many other publications followed suit with this reporting, but they have the date wrong. WikiLeaks and Trump Jr. were in contact after the emails were published, not prior to the emails being published, which rules out the whole notion that there was this conspiracy. An interesting article on this mistake was written up in The Intercept by Glenn Greenwald, if you want to look it up, on December 9, 2017, and his article was titled, The U.S. media suffered its most humiliating debacle in ages and now refuses all transparency over what happened. Number 37, January 3, 2018. Talking Point Memo's Sam Thielman reported that a Russian social media company provided documents to the Senate about communications with a Trump official. The story was later corrected to say the reporter actually had no idea how the Senate received the documents in question and actually had no evidence to suggest that the Russian company was cooperating with the probe. Number 38, January 12, 2018. Mediaites Lawrence Bonk, CNN's Sophie Tatum, The Guardian, BBC, U.S. News and World Report, Reuters, and BuzzFeed's Adolfo Flores report this giant bombshell that President Trump has backed down from his famous demand for a wall along the entire southern border. Well, it turns out President Trump has never demanded a wall along the entire southern border. He has repeatedly said, and I wrote an article about this, that a wall may not be needed where there are natural barriers, that maybe you only need a wall along a certain much smaller proportion of the border. He said these things really from the start. He said the very same thing in February 2016 on MSNBC, that a wall 
was not needed along the entire border. He said the same thing on December 2, 2015 in the National Journal. In October 2015, he said it during the CNBC Republican primary debate. He said the same thing August 20, 2015 on Fox Business Mornings with Maria. So each time he repeats the very same thing he's been saying since at least August of 2015, there are some in the media that report the supposed bombshell that he's changed his mind and backed down from his demand for a wall along the entire southern border. Sloppy reporting, people who I think are being fed information from propagandists such as the Liberal Media Matters for America, and not bothering to do even the most basic research or search to see if what they're reporting is in fact true. Number 39, you'll like this one. January 15, 2018, Associated Press's Laurie Kalman and Jonathan Drew reported that a new report showed trust in the media had fallen during the Trump presidency. The implication was that Trump is somehow responsible for the media's lack of credibility or the public's distrust in the media because of Trump's rhetoric. But it turns out the report that AP cited showing trust in the media falling during the Trump presidency was actually over a year old and the poll was conducted while Obama was president. How you make a mistake like that, I don't know. We will take a short break and pick up with number 40 on our list right after this. We're back. We're continuing my list of media mistakes in the era of Trump. And a reminder that I'm only tracking really the biggest mistakes. And when they're made over and over again, or when multiple news outlets, which is usually the case, make the same mistakes, I'm only counting them as one. So number 40 happened on February 2nd, 2018. Another Associated Press mistake. And this would have been really rare just a few years ago that AP would be making so many big mistakes like this. Anyway, AP's Eric Tucker, Mary Claire Jelanik, and Chad Day reported that ex-British spy Christopher Steele's opposition research against Trump, you may have heard it called the dossier, they report that it was initially funded by a conservative publication, the Washington Free Beacon. This was a big narrative that was put out there around this time period that well, it wasn't the Democrats who funded this research. You know, they weren't looking for dirt on Trump. It was the Republicans looking for dirt on Trump. Well, AP corrected its story because Christopher Steele only came on the project after Democrats began funding it. There was a project started by anti-Trump Republicans dropped fairly early on, but it only became the dossier and Christopher Steele was only brought onto this project and it grew after the Clinton people and the Democratic National Committee began funding it and came on board. So AP eventually corrected its story since Steele came on the project after Democrats began funding it and they reported that he was on the project while Republicans were funding it, trying to imply this was all a Republican invention. Number 41, March 8, 2018, the New York Times's Jan Rosen reported on a hypothetical family whose tax bill would supposedly rise nearly $4,000 under Trump's tax plan. The notion was, of course, to tell people that President Trump's reform of taxes that were supposed to benefit people was actually going to hurt them. Again, this hypothetical family, according to the New York Times, 
would have to pay $4,000 more a year under Trump's plan. It turns out, though, the calculations were off a little bit. The couple's taxes, the New York Times had to concede, would actually go down $43, not up $4,000. Number 42, March 13th, 2018, the New York Times once again, Adam Goldman, NBC's Noreen O'Donnell, and AP, there's Associated Press again, AP's Deb Reichman reported that Trump's pick for CIA director, Gina Haspel, had waterboarded a particular Islamic extremist terrorist dozens of times at a secret prison. They also reported that she had mocked his suffering. Well, it turns out that Gina Haspel wasn't assigned to the prison in question until after the detainee had left. Therefore, she could not have possibly waterboarded him nor been there to mock his suffering at the time. ProPublica, by the way, originally reported the first incorrect details on this in February 2017, and those false allegations about Gina Haspel floated out there for a very, very long time until they were finally corrected. How, you may ask, do reporters get this information so wrong? Well, they clearly are getting leaks from people with vested interests who don't know what they're talking about or either intentionally planting misinformation for purposes of their own. And the media doesn't do a good job in either checking out these claims um, or characterizing who these anonymously reported leaks are really from. Maybe they can't name the names, but they should be telling the public when they report something without a name what the potential vested interest of the anonymous source is. Too often they don't do that anymore. They just take it and run with it. And um, they should correct promptly when they find out that something was wrong. This was a big one. Number 43, March 15th, 2018. Here's AP again with another big mistake. AP's Michael Biesecker, Jake Pearson, and Jeff Horowitz reported that a Trump advisory board official had been a Miss America contestant who had killed a black rhino. So they're trying to sort of you know, obviously pin negative things on someone affiliated with Trump. But it turns out the woman they're talking about was not a Miss America contestant. She was a Mrs. America contestant. And she had not killed a black rhino. She had shot a non-lethal tranquilizer dart at a white rhino. Why does this matter? You may see what you may say. I don't like either of those things that she was hunting, even if, if it was with something non-lethal. But the point here, I think, is if they can get these facts wrong, these facts that are so easily confirmable one way or another, they can make so many mistakes about it. What other mistakes are they making that maybe we're not even catching? Number 44 happened on April 1st, 2018, but was not an April Fool's joke. Again, Associated Press. AP's Nicholas Riccardi reported that the Trump administration had ended a program to admit foreign entrepreneurs to the United States. However, that wasn't true. Number 45, on April 30th, 2018, AP again. AP reported that the National Rifle Association had banned guns during Trump and Pence speeches at the NRA's annual meeting. However, the AP later corrected the information because the ban had not been made by the NRA, which AP was uh, implying was hypocritical. In fact, the ban had been put in place by the Secret Service. Number 46, May 3rd, 2018, NBC's Tom Winter reported that the government had wiretapped Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen. 
Now, as an aside, I don't doubt that that's possibly true. But NBC later corrected the story after three senior U.S. officials said there was no wiretap. So one of the other of these things was wrong. Number 47, May 7th, 2018. CNBC's Kevin Bruninger reported that Trump's personal lawyer, Cohen, catch this now, reported that Cohen paid a million dollars in fines related to unauthorized cars in his taxi business. He reported that Cohen had been barred from managing taxi medallions. He reported that Cohen had transferred $60 million offshore to avoid paying taxes. And he reported that Cohen was at the time awaiting trial on charges of failing to pay millions in taxes. A later correction issued by CNBC stated that none of that was true. Number 48, May 16th, 2018, the New York Times' Julie Hirschfield Davis, Associated Press AP, CNN's Oliver Darcy, and others excerpted a Trump comment as if he had referred to immigrants or illegal immigrants in general as animals. Well, most outlets corrected their reports later to note Trump wasn't talking about immigrants. He wasn't talking about all illegal immigrants. He was specifically referring to members of the murderous criminal gang MS-13. Those specifically are who he referred to as animals. Number 49, May 28, 2018, the New York Times Magazine editor-in-chief Jake Silverstein and CNN's Haddis Gold both shared a story on social media with photos of immigrant children in cages as if they were new photos taken under the Trump administration. You probably remember the cage stories. But the article that they referred to and the photos that they shared, guess what? They were actually from 2014 under the Obama administration. Kind of blew up that narrative. Number 50, the New York Times' Julie Davis once again. She's back. She reported the estimated size of a Trump rally to be 1,000 people. There were actually, by all counts, though, at least 5,500 people or more in attendance. And the New York Times ultimately issued a correction on size. Number 51, June 1st, 2018, there was a story about Trump tariffs and Associated Press, AP once again, reported the dollar value of Virginia's farm and forestry exports to Canada and Mexico at $800. It's actually $800 million. Again, you may say, well, that's a typo, happens to all of us, and it does happen, but you see a pattern here with Associated Press. And if they can get something like that wrong, $800 when it's $800 million, if that slips past their editors, again, imagine what else may be reported that's incorrect. Number 52, June 21st, 2018, Time Magazine and others used a photo of a crying Honduran child to illustrate a supposed Trump administration policy separating illegal immigrant parents and children. So they show this picture of this poor little girl crying. Well, the child's father later reported that U.S. agents had never separated this child from her mother. The mother had taken the child to the U.S. without the father's knowledge, he says. And in fact, the mother had separated herself from her other children, whom she left behind in Honduras. As an aside, that poor crying child that was depicted in the media, 
was used on a Time magazine cover. And you can see that cover if you go to CherylAckeson.com and look at my list of media mistakes in the era of Trump and look under number 52, you'll see the Time cover. It's just an entirely blood red background with two stark images on the front. One is President Trump kind of off to the side, profile shot of his full body off to the right, looking down on this little crying Honduran child with three words on the front besides time. It just says, welcome to America. And I want to make another mention about this. You know, for decades, actually probably for more than 100 years, um, photographs and pictures and images have been changed for editorial purposes to make political commentary. And that happens all the time. That's what happened on the front page of this, on the front cover of this Time magazine cover. President Trump really wasn't looking down at this little girl, but they took a picture of President Trump and they married it with a picture of the little girl and made it look that way. But I think everybody knows that's not exactly what occurred at the moment. Now, when photographs are changed like this or mixed together to make an editorial point, when one side does it, it's called fake news and manipulation and their demands to pull it off of social media, which I think is sort of a silly turn of events. I don't actually have a problem with the media illustrating editorial points through photos when it's clear that's what they're doing, maybe changing a photo or marrying images together. But now, like I said, when one side does it and a Democrat is the target, such as making Nancy Pelosi look silly or something, now there's suddenly calls to take that down as if it's dishonest fake news and as if that shouldn't be allowed. But that was not the case or is not the case as President Trump is parodied on a regular basis by news organizations and others. Number 53 happened on June 22nd, 2018. MSNBC host Joe Scarborough falsely reported that Trump had banned the Red Cross from visiting these poor children separated from their illegal immigrant parents here in the U.S. by the evil U.S. government. Uh, Joe Scarborough actually said, quote, Trump's centralized state is even banning the Red Cross from visiting those infants and toddlers being incarcerated by Trump. What do Trump and Pence have to hide? Well, the American Red Cross quickly issued a reply on social media that said, this is not true, Joe, and we are sorry if our statement led you to this conclusion. We've had discussions with federal officials to see if there is a way we can help, but no one is banning us from anything. And if there is a role for the Red Cross to play, we will. Of course, as is typical, the correction of this misinformation is not as widely circulated as the original misinformation. Number 54, on June 28, 2018, there was a shooting in a newsroom. You may recall this. And right after that, a newspaper reporter named Connor Barry falsely tweeted out that the shooter, quote, dropped his Trump Make America Great Again hat on the newsroom floor before opening fire. Again, Connor Barry a reporter, a newspaper reporter, falsely blaming a Trump supporter for this newsroom shooting. Here's exactly what his tweet said. Shooter who killed four people at Annapolis newspaper dropped his MAGA hat on newsroom floor before opening fire. Well, 
he made all of that up, I guess, either to be funny or make a point, but it didn't happen. Number 55, July 10th, 2018, an NBC reporter, Leanne Caldwell, reported that the outgoing Supreme Court Justice Kennedy only retired after months of negotiations with President Trump, which concluded with Trump agreeing to replace Kennedy with Judge Kavanaugh. Of course, um, that turned out not to be true, and the reporter deleted the tweet making that claim. Number 56, July 16, 2018, a Washington Post reporter implied that Trump doesn't understand NATO countries or what they are um, because Trump had talked about meeting with the Finland president or Finland's involvement in NATO. Well, it turns out Trump met with the Finnish president at the NATO summit. That's what Trump had referred to when he talked about Finland and NATO. And in fact, Finland is not a full-fledged member of NATO, but it is a NATO partner, which is why the Finnish president was at the NATO summit, something the Washington Post reporter, I guess, didn't bother to learn about, claiming Trump is ignorant when, in fact, the reporter seems to be ignorant of the facts. Number 57, September 14, 2018, once again, the New York Times, it issues a major correction to an original article that was determined to be unfair about Trump supporter, the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley. Let me read you the editor's note or the correction that they issued on September 14th. An article on Friday about the State Department's spending on curtains for the official residence of the ambassador to the United Nations created an unfair impression about who is responsible for the purchase in question. While Nikki Haley is the current ambassador to the United Nations, the decision on leasing the ambassador's residence and purchasing the curtains was made during the Obama administration, according to current and former officials. The article should not have focused on Ms. Haley, nor should a picture of her have been used. Clearly, once again, out to fulfill a narrative against a certain person, they don't check out their facts properly and have to end up correcting them. Number 58, September 18th, 2018, New York Times once again. The New York Times falsely reports that a man, Mark Judge, testified that he remembered an incident more than 30 years ago in which the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, was accused of assault. But actually, that man, Mark Judge, said the opposite. He said he does not remember such an incident and, in fact, said the allegations are, quote, absolutely nuts. The Times ultimately corrected its article in an editor's note. Number 59, September 23, 2018, multiple news outlets reported that Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein had resigned or been fired. Neither of those things turns out to be true. Axios and some of the others who had this false reporting eventually updated and clarified their erroneous reports. And number 60, we will end with that today and continue another time. Number 60, on October 14th, 2018, NBC News falsely reported that President Trump praised Confederate General Robert E. Lee, which is something, of course, you cannot do anymore. Actually, though, Trump had not praised Confederate General Robert E. Lee. Trump had praised the Union General 
Ulysses S. Grant. And NBC issued a correction for misidentifying Trump's Civil War reference. The point I think you're probably getting with all of this, and the point that I'm getting as I track and recount these media mistakes is, there are a lot of the same players over and over again making these sloppy and really unthinkable mistakes, things that beginning journalism students are taught not to make their first year in journalism school. New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, Associated Press, Washington Post. These are organizations that a few short years ago, you would have rarely seen mistakes like this, particularly over and over again, big mistakes involving important things in many instances. And I think that tracks with a general trend in the media, a trend where we're seeing what I call the death of the news as we once knew it. They've in many instances changed their standards when it comes to journalism ethics and rules, not applying them anymore because they've actually said explicitly in some cases this president they view as so uniquely dangerous to America that they don't have to follow their normal rules and standards about reporting using anonymous sources and maybe even checking their facts. They don't even sometimes seem to feel bad when they get it wrong because in their view, this president deserves it. I think that's a really dangerous posture to take. I argue that the reason we have ethical rules and standards is so that we cover everybody fairly, no matter how we feel personally about the issue or the person. In fact, never are our standards more important, perhaps, than when we're covering somebody we don't like. If we're not going to follow them when we cover people we dislike, what's the point of having them at all? Because, of course, we're going to treat people we like a certain way. I hope you'll consider all of this food for thought as you watch the news and read social media and consume information which is increasingly censored and filtered and manipulated. Because it doesn't mean that the information you get on the news or anywhere else is automatically wrong. But I think what we see is no matter how many people are reporting something, no matter how many sources they cite or how many news organizations are saying the same thing, too often it turns out not to be true. And that should just make you think, when you hear something, you might want to find out a little more or reserve judgment until you do know more, until more information comes forth. It's a good policy in today's media landscape, I think, and particularly going into the 2020 election. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that you will check out justthenews.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this, the Cheryl Axon podcast, or my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all of the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. If you believe that independent reporting is a dying thing, I hope you will consider supporting it by ordering my new book, available for pre-order anywhere right now. It addresses the very topic that many of us find concerning today, censorship, the narrowing of information, slanted information presented on the news. Again, the name of the book is called Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. You can go to Amazon or HarperCollins or my website, CherylAckeson.com, and look for the slanted tab and order it right now. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself.
This is the Black Friday special for the holiday season. Just for my listeners, the Clean Phone, the top brand in UV sanitizing, is now offering their top-rated, top-selling, best-reviewed wand product at 50% off and free two-day shipping. That's a great deal. The Clean Phone Wand is a handheld UV sanitizer that helps you eliminate 99.9% of bacteria and kill viruses in seconds on virtually any surface. It uses the same proven sanitizing technology employed by hospitals. Who wouldn't want that in your home? You can use it on packages, groceries, keyboards, tablets, money. Take it with you everywhere at 50% off and free two-day shipping. For a limited time, it's the perfect gift for anyone who needs it. It's super portable, and with days of battery life, you can take it anywhere and make sure your environment is clean and safe. COVID cases are on the rise, so get the Clean Phone Wand at 50% off right now, and they'll take 60% off a second wand. That's a great holiday gift for your family and your friends. So go to justthenewshop.com, that's justthenewshop.com, and get your Clean Phone Wand right now. This is an early Black Friday special, so don't miss out. Go to justthenewshop.com right now.